0: morning as we get ready to uh, unwrap here. And that's what we're doing. The theme for uh, these weeks is unwrap. And, you know, we're, we're moving towards uh, the good news of Christmas, obviously. And, uh, you know, it seems in our culture that when we get talking about Christmas, one of the things that always pops into the conversation is uh, talking about gifts, right? And it seems that uh, during Christmas, I mean, The whole gift-giving thing and deciding gifts and choosing gifts and buying gifts and doing all that gift stuff tends to take up a a lot of our energy, a lot of our attention, right? So, uh, you know, did you do good on Black Friday? I mean, you were in on that, right? Or were you a Cyber Monday person? How many Cyber Monday people did we have out there? Okay, I see a couple hands go up. Yeah, okay. How about Black Friday people? Wow, Black Friday wins. I'm telling you, I'm a Cyber Monday. Me and my recliner. I'd rather do it there than fight the crowds. Absolutely. Well, anyway, well, I mean, we do that, right? We do a lot of a lot of thinking about gifts and special things for people and all that. And so, uh, what you know, what we want to do over this uh, move to Christmas here, these weeks towards Christmas, is to really do that too. Is think about gifts, but but make sure that we we unwrap as we make this, this move to Christmas, that we really unwrap the significance of not just three gifts that wise men brought, but, but what, what that means to us. You know, I unwrap the gifts of what it means to have Christmas in our everyday life, you know, long after Christmas is over. Uh, so today, we start with uh, the real value of, uh, of Christmas, and it's all about uh, the story of the wise men these weeks. So just to remind you of the story, we'll do a quick read the story it comes out of the Gospel of Matthew, second chapter. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Uh, this happened while Herod was king of, of Judea. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, uh, Where is the child who has been born to be king of the Jews? When we were in the east, we saw his star. Now we have come to worship him. Uh, when King Herod heard about it, he was very angry and upset. And everyone in Jerusalem was troubled, too. So Herod called together all the chief priests of all the people, and he also called the teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Christ was going to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, this is what the prophet has written. He said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and certainly not the least important among the towns of Judah, a ruler will come out of you. He will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called for the wise men secretly, and he found out from them exactly when the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go, make a careful search for the child. As soon as you can find, uh, find him, bring me a report. Then I can go and worship him too. After the wise men had listened to the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen when they were in the east went ahead of them, and it finally stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And the wise men went into the house. There they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures. They gave him gold, incense, and myrrh. But God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they returned to their country on a different road. And when the wise men had left, Joseph had a dream. And in the dream, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother. Escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you to come back. Herod's going to search for the child. Uh, He wants to kill him. Okay, so we all know the story again, right? You with me? So let's start to unwrap. Uh, the significance of what's going on here. First, it is to to understand that that story, while for us, you know, comes out of Matthew 2 and, you know, it's in all of our Christmas pageants and it's kind of this cute little story that we like to think about. This this is a powerful story, a powerful experience that God prepared for uh, long ago. Now, we don't know a lot about these wise men that, that showed up. We don't, for instance, know how many showed up. I mean, we, we assume three because there were three gifts. So we assume three wise men. And if you, you Google a picture of the wise men, you're, you're, every picture you're going to get is going to have three, right? Because that just became church tradition that there were is three. But, we, I mean, we just don't know a lot about these guys. But there's some things we can discern about what God's doing in the experience of these wise men. So, you know, if we just go to the text again and, and we look at it, it says that the wise men were from the east, Right? And they they go to ask where the child is. And it says, when we were in the east, we saw his star. So all we can get from this experience, this text, is that these guys came from the east. Don't know exactly where, but they came from the east. Now, if we start thinking about that and and thinking about Old Testament texts and the experience of some of our uh, God's faithful people in the Old Testament, what, what do we connect with? What do we know with? Well, there's an interesting connection. It goes back to the experience of a guy named Daniel. Now, what happened in the east was uh, there was a king called Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar uh, wiped out Israel. He you know, conquered Israel. And when he conquered Israel, he had all the nobles and the learned people um, exported to Babylon, to his main city, his capital city in Babylon. So he had all these learned people of the Jews, of Israel, uh, exiled over to Babylon. Among them was this guy named Daniel. Daniel had this incredible gift of God where he could interpret dreams. And so he interprets dreams for, for kings. And he interpreted the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And he told Nebuchadnezzar, listen, you're going to be a great king, you're going to be an incredible king, but your kingdom's not going to last. And sure enough, six years later, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom fell to a guy named Darius the Mede, who established the Mede-Persian empire. And Daniel, he still hung around, and he still did what Daniel did. He interpreted dreams for kings. So Darius, now king, the Mede, the Persian, he's now having this dream. It's disturbing him. And so they call upon Daniel to come and interpret the dream. We get the experience. Daniel says, and interprets the dream. He says, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. It will never be destroyed and no other nation will ever take it over. It will crush all those other kingdoms. It will bring them to an end, but it will last forever. So he interprets Darius' dream and he says, Listen, your kingdom's not gonna last. Wonderful things king want to hear, right? Well, your kingdom's not gonna last. Nebuchadnezzar didn't last, yours won't last, but there's going to be a kingdom that's gonna last. Interestingly, Darius the king received this message and was overwhelmed by this message. And so he responds to Daniel in this way. Now watch this. The king said to Daniel, I'm sure your God is the greatest God of all. He is the Lord of kings. He explains mysteries. That's why you will be able to explain the mystery of my dream. We're able to explain the mystery of my dream. Then the king put Daniel in a position of authority. He gave him many gifts. He made him ruler of the city of Babylon and the towns around it. And he put him in charge of all its other... What? Are you starting to feel a connection? How cool is this? This is like 600 years before three wise men show up in Bethlehem. And God is working. Even in the experience of Daniel, who is now torn away from his country... Exiled over into Babylon, and yet in his exile, God is preparing for the moment when Jesus comes into the world. And he plants the seeds so that wise men will be looking to the stars and will see that star and follow and come and worship Jesus. How awesome is that? Did, I mean, did you kind of catch that picture? I mean and and we know this from studying those those empires we know that there was a group in in Darius's empire who were called the magi and that's what they were they were wise men they were astrologers they were advisors to the king and we can see in this text that we know Daniel was in charge of them Daniel was influencing them Daniel was exposing them to the to the words of the prophets and to Micah and so God is working 600 years before it happens to create the experience that we get together and tell the story of every single Christmas about wise men who come. That is an amazing thing. So just kind of hang on to that now, right? Just kind of log that, okay? That's the first bookend uh, this morning. Just kind of log that. How awesome is God in that one? Well, then we get the wise men. And the wise men, uh, they show up. And they've been looking to the stars, and they've been looking for this king. And all we get from the text is that they stopped in Jerusalem... And they went to King Herod and they said, Where is the child who has been born to be king of the Jews? So the wise men we know are showing up and they're looking for a specific person in a specific role, right? They're looking for somebody who's just been born and who is a king. Now, keep in mind, Daniel was telling Nebuchadnezzar and and, uh, Darius, Listen, your kingdom's not going to last. The wise men show up. What did they just tell King Herod? Uh, Herod, we're here, we're looking for your replacement. It, good message for a king to hear? You know, I mean, Herod's not real happy about this, right? He's not real thrilled. He puts on the act, but he's obviously interested in putting down any king that would, would try to take his throne away. But nevertheless, they show up and, they, and they, they give Herod the word, just like Daniel gave the other kings the word. They give him the word. Listen, there's, there's a new king. They know it's a specific child and they know he's got a specific role. And that's what the Scripture has told us. And that's what the Scripture even told the teachers of the law when Herod brought them together. Herod said, well, let's consult the Scripture. Let's find out, well, where is this king supposed to come from? And they go to Micah. And Micah said, the Lord says, Bethlehem, you might not be an important town in the nation of Judah, but out of you will come a ruler over Israel for me. So who's going to come out of Bethlehem? A ruler, right? And who are the wise men looking for a a king right let's go further if you go to isaiah the prophet and isaiah the prophet he starts prophesying about the one that's going to come and here's what he says he says a child will be born to us a son will be given to us he will rule over us and he will be called wonderful advisor and mighty god he will also be called father who lives forever and prince who brings peace the authority of his rule will continue to grow The peace he brings will never end. He will rule on David's throne and over his kingdom. He will make the kingdom strong and secure. His rule will be based on what is fair and right. It will last forever. The Lord's great love will make sure that happens. He rules over all. Did you get a hint about something about this person? What's this person going to do? He's going to rule. He's going to rule. Put this together we got got wise men showing up looking for a king. we got Bethlehem saying, looking out of you is going to come a ruler. And we got Isaiah saying, listen, the one who's going to come is going to be born a child and he's going to rule. We're looking for someone, aren't we? And that someone is going to be a king. He's going to be a king. And Mary was told that when the angel comes to her and says, Mary, I've got a surprise for you. You're going to be pregnant. And this is going to be an awesome child you're going to have. The angel says to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. God is very pleased with you. You'll become pregnant, give birth to a son. You must name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will make him what? A king. See it? The Lord will make him a king like his father David long ago. He will rule forever over his people who came from Jacob's family. His kingdom will never end. What are we looking for? we're looking for a king we're looking for a king now what's the tip off well the tip off, think of this these wise men now have been looking for the star they have been looking for this experience since the time Daniel influenced them and, and we know they follow the star and they come to Jerusalem and then finally they follow the star and they come to Bethlehem and we know they were from the east If you put all that together and you start looking at geography, at the minimum, at the very minimum, these kings had to travel at least 1,000 miles. About 1,000 miles, at least, minimum. Uh, To give you a geography on that, that would be like going from Milwaukee to Dallas, Texas, one way. That's 1,009 miles. Anybody up for riding a camel from here to Dallas? Don't think so. Planes are good, right? I mean, so get that in your head. So these guys have been looking for this moment. They have traveled at least a thousand miles for this moment. And this is the opportunity for them to bring these gifts. Now, think about this. It's Christmas time and some of your new grandparents probably out there. And and uh, and uh, some of you, you know, grandparents with toddlers or, or just parents with toddlers or newborns. And 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 this is your first chance to buy a gift for that newborn and you're all excited about that so what kind of gifts do you think about for a newborn all the baby's first christmas ornament with his little picture in there right? absolutely or you know i don't get this one but in this part of the country you buy bibs with like packer logos on them and i don't you know but that's what we do right you know or or the little outfit with the little booty slipper things and the little dingle ball hats with the bells, and right? I mean, that's what you get boards, Christmas, that's what you get boards, right? Okay, these guys are excited. They've traveled all this way. They've got to bring the best possible gifts they can bring. Look what they bring. The wise men went to the house. They saw the child with his mother. They bowed down. They worshiped him. And they opened their treasure and they gave him gold. Can you imagine the newborn? Can you imagine the toddler? Wow, gold. Gold? They brought gold? I mean, what's it all about? I mean, what's it like if, if uh, you know, for a newborn, get this nice big Christmas gift? They're all excited, open up this Christmas gift, and, 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 and what do they get? They get a treasure, and the treasure's full of gold. Well, gold's how much an ounce these days? You know, not a bad start to retirement, I guess, but, I mean, mean, think about this dynamic. So, why in the world would these guys who have been traveling so far, looking for the star so long, waiting for this moment for so many years, why gold? One simple answer. Because gold is what you give a king. That's what you give a king. What's the takeaway? We need to make sure that in this Christmas we don't keep it just a cute little story about a baby that was born in Bethlehem. We need to underwrap the real value. And the real value is the incredible statement that we have a king. We have a king. That that, that if you've if you said Jesus Christ is Lord, if if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then, then you're saying, listen, I, I'm not just a citizen who lives in this United States in a democracy and all that. No, wait a minute. I am a person who is part of a kingdom. I have a king. I have a king. I mean, that's the incredible unwrap. The incredible unwrap for us is what well, we've got, a king. And this king is absolutely sovereign. We have a king, and this king is invested. In our lives, we have a king and this king manages the universe around what you and I need every single day. This king, this sovereign king came into the world to be part of our every day and to manage the universe so that you and I could live for the purposes of God in this life. We have an incredible king. That's what Paul's trying to tell us in, in Philippians 2. He's, he's just trying to capture the immensity of unwrapping this reality of having a king. He says, So God lifted Jesus up to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name. When the name of Jesus is spoken... Everyone's knee will bow to worship him. Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow to worship him. Everyone's mouth will say that Jesus Christ is Lord and the and God the Father will receive the glory. We gotta wrap the reality of that's our awesome King. He's just not anybody, He's just not a baby being born. He is King, ruler of the universe. He is King, Lord of our lives. We have a king. Now, keep this in mind, because it gives us the opportunity to not just say, we have a king. But to be able to let that king exercise his authority in our lives in every situation. That's what Paul's trying to grab for us when he finishes that. He does this statement about the name of Jesus. And then he goes on, he says, dear friends, you've always obeyed God. You you obeyed while I was with you, and you've obeyed even more while I'm not with you. They're doing a lot of obeying, right? They're following the king. So continue to work out your own salvation. Do it with fear and trembling. Continue to follow obeying. Continue to work out what it means to have a king in your life and live his way and not your way. Then he says, God is working in you. He wants your plans and your acts to be in keeping with the plans of the king. His good purpose. This is what we unwrap. We have a king. And this king has a purpose for our lives. We have a king. And this king is managing the universe to move us to accomplish what we've been created for. We have a king. And this king is ready to be in every moment of our experience. In those moments of disaster or in those moments of rejoicing. Now, remember where we started today. We started with this guy named Daniel, right? And and remember what happened in Daniel's life. Daniel was ripped away from his home. He was exiled into Babylon. This is probably not the dream he had for his life. And yet in the middle of that disaster, we can see God was preparing and God was working. God was being sovereign in Daniel's life. See, your life may not be in the place you think it ought to be. Your life may be experiencing challenge and struggle, and what you would look at and say, Man, this is this is disastrous. But God is King. Jesus Christ is King. You have a King. You don't have to get discouraged. You don't you have to live without hope. You have a King. If, if God can accomplish that in Daniel's life, what makes you think he can't and won't accomplish it today in your life? Because he is still king that's why jesus encourages us when he's walking the earth and he says listen just if you if you just live the way i want you to live if, if you just surrender to my lordship your, your life is going to be rock solid whether it's in a time of struggle or whether it's a time of rejoicing he, he does it when he's teaching one day and and he kind of says gets in our face gets in our face about it. he says why do you call me lord lord why do you call me king right why do you call me lord lord And still don't do what I say. Some people come to me and listen to me and do what I say. I will show you what they are like. They are like someone who builds a house. He digs down deep and he sets it on a solid rock. And when the floods come, the rivers rush against the house. But the water can't shake it. The house is well built. Did you get it? You have a king. And if you're surrendering your life and you're living your life on His Word, if you're surrendering your life and you're living a life according to what He wants for your life and the purpose He has for you, if you're surrendering your life every single day and saying, listen, my life is no longer my own, it is all His, and He is the Lord and He is King, and whatever He wants, that's what I want. You're on a good house. You're on a good foundation. And the King is going to exercise His sovereign will in your life. The king is going to exercise everything for the purposes in your life. There may be times of struggle, absolutely. There may be times of disaster when the waters come, but it doesn't change. You've got a king, and that king still rules. In contrast, Jesus says, but here's what happens when people listen to my words and don't obey them. They are like someone who builds a house on soft ground instead of solid rock. The moment the river rushes against that house, it falls down. It's completely destroyed. What's he saying? Well, that's the contrast. You see, when you unwrap the reality of what we're talking about today, when, when you unwrap what it means to say, Jesus is king, you've taken that step to have that solid life that can weather the storms and rejoice in the times of rejoicing. And you've allowed God to become sovereign and exercise his lordship. And, and now, to show you what that looks like, that's exactly what happened in the lives of these three kings. These three kings show up. They worship Jesus. They recognize Jesus as king, right? They bow and worship him. And what happens next? God gets involved in their life and warns them in a dream not to go back to Herod, so they return to their country a different way. What happened? When they recognize the lordship of this king, God got involved in their life, and God protected them. I mean, it would have been bad news for them to go back to Herod. Instead, God got involved. He put a shelter around, and he protected them. And even more, look what happens to Joseph and Mary. Joseph and Mary, here they are in Bethlehem. They've been there for a couple of years. He maybe got a little house, you know, shop set up for his carpentry business. Probably just eking life out, right? And And... God comes to them in a dream, and it says, The wise men left. Joseph had a dream. In that dream, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you to come back. Herod's going to search for the child. He wants to kill him. Now think about this. How expensive would it be to move your family from Bethlehem to Egypt? And, and how, much time, how, how much time did Joseph have to build up a resource of income to be able to move his family and sustain his family in Egypt. I don't think he had any time, do you? What did he have? He had a sovereign God. He had a sovereign God. And God had three wise men show up that he prepared for 600 years before the experience even happened to show up with what kind of gift? Gold gold what do you suppose joseph and mary really needed in their life in that moment they didn't need a packer bib nope not doing much in egypt with that but gold wow how sovereign how incredible is it to have a king and that king that king still sits on the throne And he wants to do just as much in your life as he did in Daniel's life. He wants to just do as much in your life as he did in wise men's life. He wants to do as much in your life as he did in Joseph and Mary's life. He is still king. And he is still sovereign. And he still has dreams and desires for his people. Unwrap the gift. Jesus is king. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the incredible gift that you are king. Thank you so much. That, that you are sovereign in our lives, that you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And we pray that in this season, that as we unwrap gifts, we would unwrap the most valuable gifts. And today, just make it clear to us, whether we're in a time of struggle and disaster in our life or whether we're in a time of rejoicing and celebration, that we could just, no matter the circumstance, say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, and his, his rule is sovereign in our lives, and we are completely his. Father, we we see you work and we want to just trust you in this time that you are using us in the same way that you're using our lives to bring glory to your name and that years from now, others will look back and see your hand at work in our lives. Father, we trust that, we know that, we receive that. In Jesus' name, amen.